Hello, and welcome to episode 49 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week, Wizards is still trying to give us content? Yeah, kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. It's just odds and ends. This sounds like the last of their major announcements, more or less, till yeah. the end of the year. Yeah, I from, think so. so I'm pretty sure they're going to check out soon. Yeah, yeah. thought they were going to check out this week, yeah. but we were wrong. So you can uh, tweet at us at Casual Tripod if you got anything uh, you want to say to us. Yep. You can find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, or you can email us at show at Casual Tryhard MTG.com. If you're trying to spend any of your Christmas money, don't forget about us. Uh, we cleaned up our link now. Yeah, it should be a little bit easier to use. So it's tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Yep. That should take you to the. Uh, uh, just TCG with our affiliate link active. Yep. So anything you buy after following that link, you'll help help support us, keep us going. Yeah. It's our pinned tweets, and I'll I think I'll, I haven't thrown it on Facebook yet, but okay, we'll we'll get it up there as well for the more Facebook inclined people. Yep. Speaking of uh, something to do on Twitter and Facebook, uh, we had a couple requests for. Well, let me back up a step. Uh, the last arena update, we got friends list, right? Yes. So we had a couple of requests for a casual tryhard uh, username swap, I guess. Yeah. So I think we're going to try and put a post up on Twitter and on Facebook where you guys can comment with your... Um, yeah, I could just start a thread and get yeah. people responding to it on Twitter, yep. or we can start a post on Facebook. Yep. And then uh, just comment with your whole ID. So it's got to be your username with whatever digits are after it yeah. so people can add you. Yeah. So apparently, like, if you both add each other, mm-hmm. it'll just automatically friend you. Okay. But there's some other weird thing where, like, there's an email system. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It's not smooth yet. We're okay. We're get there, though. But we'll, if you... We'll if, figure it out. Yeah, if you but, guys want to uh, jump in and play some games against each other and, and us yeah. uh, while we're on Arena, feel free to. I guess I haven't tried to, like, challenge anyone. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, I found out that Ken's in England, so he's on a whole totally different like schedule schedule than than yeah. I am. But so he's the first one that I have. But that'll be cool, though. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Be fun for everybody. It'll be cool for us to uh, play some games against our listeners, and yeah, maybe cool for our listeners to play some games against each other. So yeah, so we have a list of bans and suspensions. Yeah, that's a weird thing, right? Yeah, so. For historic, the arena only formats, right? They are doing suspensions, which are basically just like the bands that we already kind of have. So they're suspending the card so you can't play it in historic, right? With the idea that maybe sometime in the future it will come off of suspension. Yeah, I think what what they had actually mentioned was it sounds like there's going to be some answers for the problem cards we currently have in theros okay so they're putting these cards on suspension until they see what's happening with theros and maybe they'll take those cards out of timeout and let people play with them again yeah so this is not too dissimilar to kind of how the the ban list works right Mm -hmm. we went through a phase in modern two or three years ago where they started unbanning stuff. Right. Uh, they unbanned Bitter Blossom. They unbanned Grave Troll, then banned him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stoneforge. Blood Braid. Yep. Blood Braid Jace. Jace. 
they'd been banned for a long time and they unbanned them. Mm-hmm. So you could so this is the same kind of thing but probably on a shorter timeline. Right. But it's not like they said we're going to suspend these for 12 weeks mm-hmm. and then they're going to come off suspension. Right. They're kind of like They just said they're going to reevaluate them at a later date. Yeah. For right now the it the cards that are uh, gone are the cards that are busted in all formats. Yeah. So it's uh, Once Upon a Time, Field of the Dead, Veil of Summer, and Oko Thief of Crowns. Yes. Again, don't ban Once Upon a Time and Legacy. I just got my <laughs> foils. Um, and I've been buying foil creatures. Don't do me like this, Wizards. <laughs> yeah, so this is just all the stuff that's too good for... Standard. Standard and Pioneer. All these cards are banned in Pioneer. All of these cards are now, as of today, banned in Pioneer. Yes. Uh, spoilers. Yeah. We'll get there in a minute. Yeah. So basically, as of right now, they've deemed these cards to be too good for anything that is not modern legacy or vintage. Yeah. There is no constructed format where these cards are playable, and they've all been printed in the last... Six months? Yes. Yep. Seems good. Yep. Good job, um, Wizards. Yeah. We're happy with the power level of Throne of Eldraine, though. Yeah, very happy. <laughs> very happy. None of these cards can be played anywhere because they break everything. Yeah. This is, like, it's a different approach than we've done the suspension thing before. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. And, like, it seems like Historic will be the only format where they do suspensions. Kind of like Vintage is the only format where they restrict things. Yeah, they actually said that they're only doing this because it's Historic on a digital platform they, for whatever reason, thought that suspension would be easier to do on a digital platform than it would be in paper. I'm I'm not sure why that is. I guess the cards don't go away, right? So it's not like yeah, if true. you, if they ban Oko. Yeah. So this is just another re- like reason for them not to hand out wild cards when they ban something? I guess. Yeah. I mean, they already handed out wild cards when they banned Oko and Field of the Dead. Yeah. Like, I got a ton of wild cards from that. Yeah. In Veil of Summer, like that, like whole banning, it was just like here's twelve wild cards. Yeah, but like the cards don't go away. But think about it in paper, right? You have your four Okos. Yeah, you're gonna sell you, them off. And you're a pioneer player. Yeah. And now you sell your Okos, and now they unban them. Now you got to buy them again for twice as much. Yeah, that yeah. would create the feel bads. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. So this way, if they change their mind, the cards are still in your account. Right. So you just get to go like, oh, okay, I guess I can try these now. Speaking of cards still in your account, I think the coolest part about this announcement was like the very last paragraph, I think, Okay. where they said that they're going to start doing throwback drafts so that people that want to play Historic and I'm guessing Pioneer, they did announce that they're going to try and work towards Pioneer and Arena a couple weeks ago so people can start filling out their collection with some of the older cards. So I think starting next week or maybe not next week but before theros release they're going to do uh dominaria throwback drafts yeah i remember seeing this and i don't remember where of course the uh arena uh, arena calendar of events yeah does not seem to ever have any events that i care about on it (laughs) other than like wednesday brawl it doesn't even have wednesday brawl on here really no it's just blank Hmm. I don't know like what I'm supposed to do. It looks like Dominaria will be January 3rd through the 16th. Yeah, I mean... So yeah, it'll be right before... Uh, if you haven't played Dominaria Limited, mm-hmm. it's very good. Yeah. It's one of the better limited sets that's been released. Mm-hmm. There's 
good answers to everything. Yeah. Like there's good removal. The archetypes are a little bit unique too. Yeah. I know the last time, at least for a while, I don't know if they ever fixed it, uh, the bots were broken and you could just draft like busted mono red decks. Mm-hmm. But like you can get like a reasonable like Dominaria experience on the bots. Yeah. There's no like egregiously unfun cards like Revenge of Ravens, <laughs> like the bane of my existence in this format. It's worth, if you want to do a draft, it's definitely worth looking at Dominaria. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, other than I guess like Teferi, but at least that's a mythic. Right. As like unfun, terrible cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I definitely would recommend Dominaria draft. You get to draft Slimy Boy. Yeah, Slimefoot is A plus good times. So like yeah. maybe the best uncommon build around in that mm-hmm. set. I was a big fan. Yeah card is great yep i think the formats that are on arena mm-hmm. ixalan four i think dominaria is probably the best probably and then like ixalan had its problems or moments but yeah by and large it was pretty good so yeah it was something to look forward to a, a change of pace from like core 20 draft yeah also that same announcement talked a little bit about like some big historic event that they're gonna run i didn't read the whole thing though so i'm not completely sure what all that entails but it's gonna be some like bigger than normal event where i think first place was like 40 packs of historic is it like the metagame challenge kind yeah, of thing? something like yeah. that so they do the same thing in standard yeah. where it's like you have to win go like 7-0 yeah and then you get like a box or two boxes worth of packs or yeah. something. I'm, I'm not really sure what air quotes historic packs are, but that's what you're winning is I th- historic packs. I thought they were packs from sets that are in historic. Oh, okay. Or that might not be like current yeah. standard packs. So it might be that Ixalan to mm-hmm. M19 yeah. year of packs. Will it be Dominaria to 19, right? Wasn't yeah. Dominaria out before? No? No, because Ixalan was the false set. Okay. Because it was Ixlan, Rivals, then Dominaria. Then Core 20. Then Core 19. Core 19. Yeah. And then it was the Guild's block. Yeah. I guess I got confused because Dominaria kind of felt like a core set. Yeah. It was It was the fall. Yeah. It was not the fall. It was the spring right. set. So that'll be interesting. Like, it'll be a way to build your collection if there are some, like, mm-hmm. historic decks you want to play. Yep. Uh, I occasionally check into historic, but... Not a, a whole, whole lot. Well, I can't imagine it's a ton different than standard. It kind of is. People do some, like, wild stuff. Yeah. Like, it just seems like if you want to go play something, like, play something that's just, like, fun. Yeah. You can just go there and you kind of get to do whatever you want. And then mm. someone, like, casts, like, a Flood of Tears and puts in an Ugin and then, like, casts a bunch of Art Attacks for free. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I guess some people came here to, like, be serious. Yeah. What's they came with to that? <laughs> not what i came here for all right so we're back to banning stuff yeah i'm kind of getting sick of talking about bands can we stop talking about bands soon we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna hopefully run out of cards that are just egregious in all formats but there's a new set yeah. and we were happy with the power level of this set yeah. so like the two mana black green like self mill escape planeswalker that they're gonna like print <laughs> that they're gonna have to ban in every format we're gonna be like oh. so they juked us today they did. i do believe the term on twitch is we got jabated <laughs> jabated so, jabated so i saw the tweet mm-hmm. of hey no bans i retweeted it yeah i was like okay seems good 
I went about my day thinking we were going to talk about, hey, no bands. No bands. And then get a message in our face group, uh, Facebook group chat that's yeah. just like, Oko and Nexus of Fate are yeah. banned in Pioneer. Surprise. And my first comment was, why did they do two bands? <laughs> why did they do a band announcement of no bands? Right. And then, by the way. Bands. Five hours later, yeah. hit you with the band. I have no idea. Let's like unify all the band talk into yeah. one announcement. Just make Ian Duke send out one thing yeah. that says bands. Yep. There was something important yeah. during the first band announcement, though. Yes, during the first pump fic. Yep. They basically said that they're not going to do scheduled BNR announcements anymore. Yeah, they're going to basically, maybe not like every Monday... Right. But they're basically going to like adopt the pioneer yeah, approach. Yeah, check in. Yeah, of like, hey, if something breaks, mm-hmm. we're just going to like unbreak it. Right. And that's good on one hand because and, yeah. because you won't have six weeks of Field of the Dead. Or Hogak. Yeah, and it's because we can't, un- we can't ban it until... It'll be in our announcement. Because we don't want to do an emergency ban and set that precedent. Right. And then, well, we've got to schedule another band announcement just in case. Yeah. And then, oh, no, Oko. So then we got to ban that, <laughs> right? So now they want to just have the freedom to, when it breaks, fix it. Yeah. The downside of that is the first thing we said in this section, which is can we stop talking about bands? Yeah, probably not. Because, yeah, when if a ban can happen whenever, right? people are just going to be like, we need to ban fill-in-the-blank. And that's kind of the bigger problem. It's something that I've been saying for a couple of years now is uh, people call for swinging that ban hammer around way more often than they should. There is an argument for letting the format kind of shake itself out. Yeah, and try and fix itself. And I think with, like... Field of the Dead, mm-hmm. there was no... You either played Field of the Dead mm-hmm. or you played something with Embercleave and you hope you got to run over a bunch <laughs> of zombies. Yeah. But there was no, like, you were either playing a deck that hard-targeted Field of the Dead. Right. Or you played Field of the Dead, tuned to beat the mirror. Right. Right? That's not a good place to be. No. Uh, Same could, have, could be said for Oko. Yeah. You were either playing Oko or you were playing a deck that was tuned to be specifically Oko. Yeah. So like that's when the format is broken. Yeah. Right. Where you've given it like for standard, like if you give it like really like three or four weeks, if that you can figure out pretty quickly. Yeah. If the format is like broken or not like, Mm -hmm. Oh, Hey, everyone's playing four main deck sideboard cards because that's what we have to do because people are only playing one color. Yeah. Okay, maybe we should, you know. Take care of something. Take care of something, which is still, like, true. Like, I'm yeah. playing, like, red-green and getting, like, stuff Aether-gusted. <laughs> and I'm just like, are you serious? Like, oh, yeah, that card's, like, amazing against, like, 75% of the decks. Right. Because huh. everybody's still playing green. Yeah. It's just different green cards, but it's yeah. like, huh, these are all still busted. Yeah. Right. So those are the times where, like, cool to just be able to, like, jump in mm-hmm. and not have to wait six weeks or eight weeks or whatever the, like, next ban announcement is yeah. to try to fix it. That's great. But now, like... Any, you almost get the feeling like nothing's safe. 
Yeah, you get the feeling of one, nothing's safe. And two, anytime like one deck puts three copies in a top eight, right? people are going to go, we need to ban it. And I know people have said that like kind of leads to like laziness. Yeah. Where it's like, well, I could work on trying to figure out how to beat this deck. But, but Wizards will probably ban it, so why bother? Wizards is going to ban it, so why bother? So I'll just play it. Right. Which then just kind of feeds back on itself. Now there's more people playing that deck, so now there's right. more representation. Yeah. Now there's a greater chance it gets banned. Mm-hmm. So that's not great. Like, it does make it hard if you, you know, bought in on Oko's and you're like, oh man, they're just going to ban this in a week. Uh, do I really want to buy this card? Yeah. Right. So like that might stop people from getting into decks mm-hmm. because they you just don't know when it's going to get banned. Right. This is, might be antithetical to us having a TCG <laughs> player link, but Channel Fireball does have a policy. They do. Where if you buy a card and it gets banned within 30 days, mm-hmm. they will just refund you the amount of money yep. that you paid for it. So if you're pretty sure the card's not going to get banned, <laughs> may I direct you to TCG Player using tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Or if you're like, this might get banned, yeah. maybe it's worth buying it from Channel Fireball mm-hmm. just because they're going to like send you, you can send that card back. I do believe for either the Field of the Dead or the Oko ban in standard, I can't remember which, TCG did the same thing though. Okay. Keep in mind. Just keep in mind. So there are some ways to protect yourself, but it does make it just like there's always just the constant specter of, right? is this going to get banned? Yeah, this is too good. So we've mentioned, we kind of touched on it a little bit. So there are two bands in Pioneer. Yep. Oko and Nexus uh, of Fate. Nexus of Fate. Again, a green card and a card that only works because of a green (laughs) card. Yeah. So Oko was the reason to play one of, if not the main reason, to play blue in like the blue aggressive ramp decks. Yeah. I think Jerry Thompson like published the green decks. The green decks, sorry. Yeah. The the green ramp decks. I think Jerry Thompson published that a list with Oko. Mm-hmm. And then three of them top aided the subsequent PTQ. Yeah. Oko is not great, but I don't know. Green decks have been the best decks in the format. Mm-hmm. The whole time. Mm-hmm. So they played blue for Oko. <laughs> okay, but they're still just green decks. Basically. So, but like they were like just green food decks. They said they had like a 60% win rate. Outside of the mirror, yeah. Yeah, a non-mirror 60% win rate, yeah. which is kind of pretty insane. good. Yeah. So they got rid of that. And then I didn't see like the math behind Nexus of Fate mm-hmm. other than maybe it was the second most winning deck. And a miserable, miserable magic card that should have never been designed. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of that one either. No, but they got rid of that as well. So, you know, you can take turns. Yeah. There will probably be, I'm going to guess, one more ban announcement before the PT. Yeah, they said that in January, they weren't going to do another one until January. Okay. Is is what I, they said yeah. in the article. I would expect more cards to leave then, though. Yes, I, think I would as well. They'll do one more round before. Is it a PT or is it the last Mythic Champ? It's the PT. Okay. The the Phoenix PT is yeah. Pioneer. Yep. The thing I worry about, and this has been brought up by I think like the Arena Decklist podcast, is it just seems like they just banned the best deck. Yeah, every time, right? Every week, it's just ban the best deck, ban the best deck, ban yeah. the best deck, and. 
like that can't continue to be the MO. Right. Because there's always going to be a best deck. Well, there has to be. There has to be. Yeah, that's how the game works. So it's just weird that they always are just banning the best deck. Yeah. And going back to like letting the format like work itself out. Well, that's the other thing is they're not giving it any time to work out. Like we're starting with this massive ban list. Yeah, we started out with no bans and then they just started banning everything. Everything. Yeah. And then they are like, like... The format's only a couple months old. Is it a couple months old or is it like a month I guess it's, a, no, it's, a I guess it's two months, months old. Yeah. Okay. But still, like it just seems like they've just... There may have been an answer to the Simic food deck. Mm-hmm. We will never know. Nope. Because they were just like, yep, this is gone. Yep. Now, this could be an admission that, yeah, Oko is messed up. Mm-hmm. We have to keep banning it until, <laughs> until it like no longer exists. Yeah. Right? But it just seems like... Because, like, the blue-green Simic food deck mm-hmm. happened two weeks ago. Right. And now they're like, yep, too good, go yep, away. gone. And it's like, huh, okay. We'll see what happens in modern. Yeah. They're just working their way back. They're, they're working their way back because, like, again, modern was very Oko-focused. Yeah, you want to go there next? I think we can. All right. Uh, so the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, this weekend was Star City Games Player Championship. Yes. Uh, real quick about this tournament, just to kind of set the stage, is this is a very small tournament. Um, you have to win an invitational and or be a points leader for Star City to play in the Players' Championship. Yeah, so there are only 16 people yep. that were in it. Yep. Each player plays three formats. There's a standard portion, a modern portion, and a legacy portion. Yes. Star City events in general kind of have a unique metagame to themselves because these events aren't as big as a Grand Prix, but they probably have close to the same number of grinders that show up to them. Yeah, meaning people that are like really grinders being just people that play a lot and are really like tapped into the specific formats and what's going on. Yeah, so that kind of leads to its own idiosyncrasies. Yeah, like the SEG Tour has... Uh, its own, let's say, tastemakers. Yeah. Or its own kind of like celebrities mm-hmm. that are like, I think Simic Oko is the best deck. Right. And here's my list. And then like 40 people start playing that deck. Well, things like Amulet Titan. Yes. Like Amulet Titan is definitely a deck you're going to play against if you go to a modern open. Yes. Amulet Titan is probably not going to be a deck you're going to play against if you go to a modern GP. Yes, because there's like a handful of players on the SCG tour that love Amulet Titan, mm-hmm. and then the people that watch the SCG tour see right. those decks doing well, and then they pick it up. Yep, and that deck is very hard to very play. hard to play. Yeah, and so you, I think it's just overrepresented. Yeah, because of who does well on mm-hmm. the SCG tour. Yep. A little bit who who talks about the matches also like yeah the uh, the commentators definitely have archetypes that they prefer yes um, which kind of one is an amulet titan player yeah it, it kind of colors the tournament a little bit so with that out of the way Star City events are a little bit different metagame than normal and then you have this very small event made up of just Star City grinders and they're all like again the most plugged in right most. Usually the most visible. Yeah. 
So with any small event, and I think this was even like accentuated here, yeah, it's not so much playing the best deck, right? It's playing the best deck against what you think the other fifteen people are going to show up with. Exactly. The kind of the metagame is skewed. Yeah, it it definitely gets inbred. Yeah, um, I think the biggest example of this was in modern. Okay. Team Lotus Box popularized Simic Oko. Mm-hmm. They did not play Simic Oko. Okay. They played, uh, was it like Devoted Devastation? Yeah, a quarter of the field was Devoted Devastation. That was all four players from Team Lotus Box Okay, played that deck because they thought... It beat it, up on Simic Oko. And they thought that Simic Oko would be a large part of mm-hmm. the field. Well, it was. Uh, cor- well, a quarter of the decks were... Oko Urza decks, uh, whether they were Bant or Sultai. Yeah. A quarter of the field was Devoted Devastation, and then a quarter of the field was Bant Snowblade. I'm assuming plays Oko. I'm assuming it's Bant. It's got green yeah. and it's playing Oko. Yeah. Green and blue. Yeah, and I think there were two people on humans. Yeah, a couple of people on humans. I don't remember what the other yeah. outliers were. I checked in and out. Like, yeah. I wasn't super invested in the Players' Championship. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to watch any of it this weekend. Uh, and like I said, it was the first modern I've seen mm-hmm. or like thought about in forever. Yeah, we did have somebody shoot us a question trying to check into modern. We'll get back to you. Yeah, we will. We haven't <laughs> forgot about you. Yeah, we do both like modern. It's just been there's a lot of things kind of tugging us away from it lately. So yeah. we will get back to but, it. But so, so right, they, Team Lotus Box, made a hard call mm-hmm. of... We want to beat Oko with this other deck. I mm-hmm. think, like you know, gun to their head, they would say in a, in like an open field of six hundred players, right? They'd rather play Oko. Yeah. But in a tournament of sixteen players, right? They want to play the deck that they think beats Oko. Mm-hmm. So this is like how a small field tournament can change yeah. deck choice. Right. It's different having to beat fifteen other people than it is to beat. You know, 615. Yeah, it's kind of like, I'm going to use another example here. I It's no surprise that I enjoy playing Jund in Modern. Yes. Okay? Jund is very much a 75-card deck instead of a 60-card deck and a 15-card sideboard. All the pieces have to kind of meld together and inter- interchange. So when I build Jund to play at my local game store, it's quite a bit different than I build it if I'm going to play at a Grand Prix or a PTQ or some someplace else. Because yeah, because if I show up, like, 12% of the metagame is dredge. Right. <laughs> so obviously I'm going to have, you know, ley lines or cages or something in my sideboard. So this is kind of the same thing that you would run into at your local game store when you go show up to play is you're going to know you know, your 16-player field and kind of what they're playing, and you can kind of, like, metagame around that. Yeah, you're like, oh, this guy always plays Amulet Titan. Right. So I need stuff for that. I know mm-hmm. that Zan Syed in Legacy, he was playing for Leyline of the Void mm-hmm. because the other members of his team were on Hogak. Yeah. So he was metagaming against the other members of his team by having Leylines yep. in his deck. So he's like, well, I know these three people are going to be on this, Mm -hmm. and like, I can never beat it, so I guess I just need to have ley lines. Yep. And so that's the kind of stuff that happens where it's just like, well, Mm -hmm. 
I know this is going to be in the room, so I have to do this. Yeah. Him in particular is really good at that kind of stuff, though. Um, I really enjoy looking at Zan's lists um, because usually they're a little bit different than like a mainstream list, and he's really good at playing the field. Yeah. Like, he's good at like picking. Like, there was a time where he was on like in fact but had like jace Vern's prodigy in the yeah. main deck and four very specific matchups and mm-hmm. like to allow him to do different things yep and then had like very particular or peculiar sideboard plans yeah because like well this is going to be good against what i think the expected field is going to be mm-hmm. and i think a lot of that just comes with like the ability to play a ton yeah you get to play you know six leagues a day right you start to figure out what people are playing yeah I don't have have that luxury. Yeah, you have a large enough sample. Yeah. So in Modern, like we said, it was Urza Mm -hmm. of various flavors. Yep. Devoted Devastation and then uh, Bant Snowblade. Yeah. Again, a bunch of Oko decks and a deck to beat Oko. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, two humans and whatnot. Legacy, I checked in and out. Yeah. There was a Depths list. There was? There was. Okay, was it, uh, what was his name? The guy who always plays lands? I'm not sure. I just Uh, saw that there was one. Yeah, but again, a lot of Oko, mm-hmm. like, that's what scares me now is, like, yeah. you used to be able to, like, just, like, make your 2020 to play around Wasteland, <laughs> and now it's, like, oh, I can't make my 2020 because you can Oko it. Yep. And if I, like, leave my Hex Mage out, then you can just Oko my, you can Elk my Hex Mage and yeah. then force my hand, and it's just, like, ah, <laughs> why? Pithing Needle. Pithing Needle. Revoker. Revoker. Yeah. And then standard was interesting. Yeah. So it was a quarter of the decks were Simic Flash. Mm-hmm. Some variant, either the like very close to the list that were at the MC. Yep. Almost half the field, seven, seven of the 16 decks were Simic Ramp. Yeah. So three quarters of the tournament was Simic. Yeah. And then was there... Were there, were there any fires decks? Uh, I think there was one fires deck and one is it flash deck. Okay. The thing with these ramp decks is one, they're very good at ramping. Like, yeah. You can pretty easily like the turn, turn three big thing that you can't deal with mm-hmm. is not Nissa's a house. Well, Nissa or like just like Cavalier of Thorns where you're just yeah. like five six, being that fast pushes the the aggressive decks kind of out. Yeah. And then if you, like, think people are going to show up with fires, I was playing, you know, just red-green adventures. Mm-hmm. And, like, the number, like, I won some games against fires where I just, like, got under them. But, like, the fact that the fires decks are playing five or six sweepers. Yeah. Makes it tough. You're just, like, one drop, two drop, three drop, and they're just, like, deafening Clarion. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> And, like, your your three-drop that doesn't get Clarion can't attack unless you have a 1-1. One, one. Yeah. So then you're like, hmm, hold on. Or you're like, I'm going to play around Clarion, put a counter on my uh, Spellbreaker, mm-hmm. and then they have Solar Blaze. <laughs> it's like, that's like a one-of. How do you have this? I always have it. I always have it. London Mulligan. So, like, there's just no, like, aggressive decks in the format because yeah. of, like, what we have is... Yeah, everything everybody does just brick walls them, so... Yeah, there's there's not there's not enough reach yeah. to, like, go around it, and you can't go through any of it. Right. 
a lot it's of pretty the, sad when a uh, rotting registrar wielding an ember cleave can't go through something. Yeah. But you're just like, oh, I don't know if I can get through this. Yeah. Well, I mean, that deck kind of went away. Yeah. Like, there's just... Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, you just are like, well, I can't yeah. play this. Seven or eight power double striker can't get through something. Like, it says something about a format. Yeah. On one hand, this format only exists for another month, and two of those weeks are like Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, and it's really done, because two of those weeks are Christmas and New Year's. And then immediately following that, we're going to finish up the Thero spoilers that they already started for some reason. They're starting them like in earnest, like on the 23rd or something. They put out yeah. the list of where you can find spoilers. Yeah. And there's like a couple cards a day Yeah. starting like Christmas Eve or like next Monday. Yeah. And then like the spoilers are done at like the beginning of January, really, because... Yeah, because we get stuff on Arena the week before the pre-release... And the streamer event has to happen before that. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're talking like the second week of January. Yeah. Everyone's just going to like throw this standard on like the back burner because it's going to be the streamer event. And then people are going to start just jamming all their games on arena and trying to figure out the new format. Yep. These last couple of GPs, I'm now (laughs) back to regretting not going to Portland for the GP, but you've come full circle. I've come full circle because of what the GP was in Oklahoma City. Yeah. It was like 360, 350, 360 people. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. That's tiny. I've been to Opens that were bigger than that. Been to Opens that are way bigger than that. Yeah. We, we've we been to... I've played in PTQs that were bigger than that. Yeah, where at? Where did you play the 400-person PTQ? Um, GP Vegas. Okay, yeah, yeah. Heck, I probably the PTQ in like GPDC for Modern Horizons was probably bigger. Yeah, probably. Actually, I know it was. It was like a 420-person PTQ. Yeah, so they had 350-ish people. Day two was like 64 players or 62 players. Like, yeah. Day two was tiny. Yeah, that means people that didn't day two cashed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, didn't day two, please send checks to. Um, the top eight was just basically our like standard archetypes. Yeah, is it Flash, Simic Flash, Rakdos Knights, uh, Jun Sacrifice, Rakdos Sacrifice, and Fires. I guess Rakdos Knights is kind of the oddball one. Yeah, I mean that's in that group. that's the Reggie Embercleave deck. Yeah, yeah, and like people were talking about how the PTQs at the uh, Magic Fest were like forty players. Yeah, which is like tiny. Tiny. Um, I think. Emma Handy tweeted something about going to a PTQ over the weekend that was 12 players. Wow. 12 players. Did Emma win said PTQ? I, I don't know. <laughs> it was it was kind of an offhanded comment about like the state of magic or whatever. She was yeah. in a 12-person PTQ. Yeah, this was uh, – Brian Gottlieb was like, these numbers are like all-time lows, but magic yeah. seems bigger than ever. Mm-hmm. And it's like people were like, well, there's more casual players and stuff, and it's like – like, have you played Standard? Like, yeah. I've not had fun playing Standard. Yeah. And, I mean, if you guys are having fun, great. But it's just not been the best. And, like we've said before, like, this is the third Standard in... Yeah. In, in this like, Standard season. Yeah, in <laughs> in three months. And it's kind of like, I'm kind of done. I'm kind of done, like, learning a deck and stuff. Yeah. So, hopefully, things change for Theros. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully Theros fixes it. They out. really like the power level of Throne, though, so... Really liked it. <laughs> Thought it was in a good spot. I guess it, like... Having now played against Ashiok in the arena event, yeah, doesn't seem too horrific. 
No, I actually like Ashiok. I like Ashiok better than Elspeth. Yeah, like Elspeth just seems bad. Not great. No, no. Yep. It's like, hmm, you're <laughs> kind of like a really expensive raise the alarm. Yeah. <laughs> or like a lingering souls with flashback that do, that they don't fly. Yeah. <laughs> just seem great. <laughs> yeah, so there's one more GP left. That's GP Portland. Yep. And that is four days before Christmas. Okay. We'll see how uh, people show up for that. We'll see. I think the Portland GP is usually a good one, though, right? I think so. I mean, it's one of the few GPs that comes to that part of the country. So I think you have more people that are willing to kind of, like, show out for it. Not that there's, like, a ton of GPs in Oklahoma. Right. Right, in the middle of the country. Yeah. There's usually, like, maybe something in, like... There's a couple in Texas, right? Yeah, as you say, in Texas. But Texas is real big. Real big. (laughs) That is a big state. Yes. Okay, so we wanted to finish up on our playing and paper stuff. Yeah, we don't have too much more to touch on, but a couple important things that we neglected to talk about previously. Yeah. The first thing is we forgot to talk about the first thing you do after you... Kind of register register. at a big event, yeah. Um, And this is where you're going to hand your deck registration sheet in, and that's the players meeting. Yeah, again, if you're if they have deck red sheets. So it depends, right? Yeah. right? GPs don't do that anymore, but right. PTQs and I don't even know if Star City events take paper deck red sheets. Um, I don't it's been so long since I played in an IQ, I have no idea. Yeah. Or just like a, an open. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not sure. So, usually before the first round there's a super short it's usually 5 to 10 minutes mm-hmm. meeting where if they're if they are going, they will basically give you a seat, mm-hmm. and it varies. Most of the time, your seat, the person seated across from you, is not the person you're playing. Right. It should but, be the next person alphabetically. But sometimes this is not the case. Sometimes that is not the case. And this is where if you have a deck red sheet, they let you do one last check of it. Mm-hmm. Before you turn it in. Yep. Uh, the judges will introduce themselves, let you know who they are. They'll tell you to call them if there's any questions whatsoever. Your opponent does not have your best interest at heart. They, yep. They always say that. Normally, they go over any bannings or recent rules changes. Mm-hmm. And typically, they tell an awful joke. Yes, a bad pun. Yeah, very, very bad. Groans all around. Yes. And then they will put the pairings up shortly thereafter. Yep. But this is kind of your last time to check your deck mm-hmm. and it just kind of like figure out they'll, they'll tell you what the appeals process is. Yep. Right? Like if you don't like your ruling, you're allowed to ask for another judge to decide it. And then if you don't like that ruling, then you're you, usually out of luck or they have to go to the guy with the red shirt Yeah. or one of the guys with a red shirt. Right. And then that person is the law. Right. Uh, so they do that beforehand. Yep. And then after the match or after, after your first game, I should say. No, after the match. I was right. After, after the, match. the match. Make sure you de-sideboard. So, like the, so after, you, after your match is done, yep. at a bigger event, there's a match slip mm-hmm. that yep. you have to fill out yep. and then sign. Yep. And then the next thing I do, or I do before I sign the sheet, yeah. is I will de-sideboard. Yeah, I, I almost always do it before I sign the sheet. That way I make sure it's done. Yeah, so you want to make sure that before you get up, you have put your deck back into its game one configuration. Yep. So that when you go to the next match, 
you don't have to that you know that you have changed your deck Mm -hmm. a lot of times i'll check my deck before each round also just oh yeah i won't check my deck but i'll check my sideboard Mm -hmm. make sure there's 15 cards there make sure that they're my sideboard cards and not my main deck cards and then i'll shuffle up for the next round something you can do is when you have your deck red sheet you Mm -hmm. can just take a picture of it Mm -hmm. and so at the start of your round you can look at it and make sure that all your sideboard cards before the round starts before the round starts yeah not not actually at the start of your round yeah before the round starts yep you can check and make sure everything has moved around you can't look at that during the round or anything right but you could check and be like okay my my sideboard cards are yeah in the right place like Especially if you're playing like a Fae of Wishes deck. Right. Where you're, and you're going into your sideboard multiple times. Yeah. Because those cards can get into your deck without you sideboarding them. So yeah, that like, kind of gets confusing. Yeah. You, you know, have something killed. Right. And it's in your graveyard or you cast the Casualties of War and then you shuffle it into your deck after the match and then you don't right. catch that it is no longer in yeah. your sideboard. Where it belongs. Yeah. Do that. And now the, the match slips, mm-hmm. they usually get passed around like, Eh, probably two to ten minutes, let's say, into sure. your round. Yep, depending on where you're sitting. Yeah, and how big the event is. Yep. They're going to have your name and your opponent's name, mm-hmm. and then they're going to have how many games each of you won. Yep, how many draws you had and how many losses each of you had. Yeah, not losses. No, yeah, I guess there are no it's, losses. It's wins, wins draw, draws, or drop. Wins, draw, or drop. Yeah, drop is the last column. So... After the match, you put in your wins. Mm-hmm. Usually, people do it a couple of Some people will sign the slip mm-hmm. and then hand it to you as the winning player okay. and let you fill out the result, or they'll put in their result. Yeah. I got one and sign it, and then you fill in That's how the I rest. do it. I always write down mine and sign it and let the opponent write down theirs. That way, there's no questions. Mm-hmm. And then as the winning player, mm-hmm. it's your responsibility to turn in the slip. Right. Because there's no advantage to you changing the slip. Right. There would be if the loser was. Yeah. So you're like, hey, loser, take up. this up to the, to the front. I'll show you. I won two yeah. zero. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. No. So you turn that in. Yep. At like your local game store, they probably won't do slips. Right. You usually just have to find, uh, whatever employee or. <laughs> Or a player is like running the event and be like, yeah, yeah I got it 2-0 or whatever. Yeah, for like FNM or pre-release yeah. or something. Yeah. It's a little less formal. Yep. But you want to fill out that s- slip and then turn it in. If you're going to drop, which I don't know if I've really ever filled out the little drop spot. I have. Um, you have to like, you like put an X for drop and then you have to initial that you're dropping. Oh, okay. On uh, the I've slip. never initialed it. I think you're supposed to initial it, but... No. Yeah, I've at least seen people do it. I've, like I said, I've never done it. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, I guess we're, that makes sense. Yeah, we're Otherwise, right. your opponent can just drop you. Yeah. <laughs> and they out. Yep. My breakers are real good now. Peace. Yeah, so. Yeah, the only time that really changes is if your match has gone really long or for whatever reason there's a judge watching your match. Sometimes that happens. Don't be nervous about that. The judge will collect a slip from you. Yeah. And it, yeah, if it's towards the end, sometimes the judge will like come over and see you sign the slip and just snag it from you. Yep, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I usually won't like ask a judge to take a slip. It's yeah. always more just like if they offer. Right. 
Because, like, they've got other stuff to go on and yeah. your legs aren't broken. They certainly do. If your legs are broken, maybe take a different <laughs> tack. But if your legs aren't broken, you should just probably take it up yourself. Yeah. And you usually take it up to, at a large event, they have, like, during the players' meeting, they'll be like, the main stage yeah, or whatever. is where the slips go. And there's just, like, a little basket that, yep. like, will usually be color-coded. There'll be, like, a piece of paper on it that matches the color of your slip. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you take all that stuff. Yep. And then... We have looking at standings mm-hmm. and uh, the joys of tournament, tournament math. math. Yeah. I'm not great with tournament math still. I've been playing back into the game for six years now. Uh-huh. Um, I still have a hard time with tournament math. It's a really weird thing. And there's a little bit of stigma to it also. Like parts of it can get kind of shady. Uh-huh. So it's something to be mindful of but probably not something that you're going to use all the time so at large events the standings are kind of always around yeah and they don't matter as much until you're in day two right like probably in like a gp they probably don't start to really matter until like round 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. at smaller events like a ptq most tournament organizers have a policy where they won't put the standings up until either the second to last round or before the last round. Right. And so basically what you're trying to figure out is who makes it in. Right. And so... And if you're one of those players. If you're one of those players. So you're trying to figure out, can you draw your match Mm -hmm. intentionally, not have to play and guarantee yourself your spot? Right. Do you have to play? Right. Which is also related to the question, if your opponent can draw in. Yes. So what you what I normally end up doing uh, when there's actual standings is it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. You kind of figure out how many people are tied for like that go through eighth. Right. So right, it's like oh, there are numbers five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve mm-hmm. are all have nine points. Right. It'll say they all get paired. That's when it's easiest. They're all paired together. Yeah. None of them can draw. Right. They all have to play. Because four of them get drawn out of top eight. Top eight. So then it's who plays and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. And usually one table will like roll the dice. Yeah. So so if there are eight people that have nine points, if they all play, four people end up with 12 points. Right. Four people end up with nine points. We have eight people in the top eight now Mm -hmm. because those were the bottom four. The top four would stay. The bottom four would pass them. And, right. Right. But what will happen is is people might say, well, five and six, maybe we can draw mm-hmm. and then hope that the breakers work for us. Because if you draw, now there's only three people that can possibly pass you. Right. And so if you draw one person in that draw gets bumped. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, no one will normally draw. Right. It's stuff like that, trying to figure out who can play and who can draw. Yeah, and like I said, there is kind of a stigma around it. Um, Like people that are grinders, people that play a bunch, don't think twice about doing tournament math because it's part of, you know, what they do all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, People that don't play in big tournaments all the time, a lot of times will not really get angry, but like not be super happy about people like drawing into top or you know, spending a bunch of time trying to do tournament math because it seems shady. Yeah, I guess. 
And it can lead to some awkward conversations also. The general rule of thumb, they will announce this before big tournaments, is yeah. like you can't decide the outcome of your match through any way through magic. Would mm-hmm. be rolling dice or like offering anything. Right. Or playing another format. Yeah. Like the tournament method is easy. Is mm-hmm. if it's a five round tournament and you go three oh. Yeah. You just always get to draw, draw, and you make top eight. Correct. Like a hundred percent of the time. I've never had a tournament that's five rounds, so that doesn't work. Right. So like smaller tournaments. You know, if you get to 2-0, 3-0 in a four or five round tournament, you can just draw your last round mm-hmm. and you're in the top eight. Larger tournaments, that becomes harder. Like the number yeah. of wins you have to get to start changes. If it's a six round tournament, if you win four, you can probably double you can draw. Probably just draw, double yeah. draw in. But it gets complicated. Like the PTQ we were at, like two guys drove together, so they were paired, and they drew in round two. Yeah, which made it awkward. Which for... then the last round, it just like there were too many draws to be able to do. Yeah. Reasonable tournament math. Yep. It can get awkward. Uh, I've seen at big events when there were pro points, people like do like the shady conversation of like, yeah. how much does this match mean to you right i need these pro points nudge nudge wink wink i am not offering you anything but how would you like to concede this match yeah and like that rubbed me the wrong way it's like one thing if it's like you know mutually beneficial right but to be like hey i'm like how would you like to not participate next round (laughs) yeah like hey um i'm gonna use my little bit of like magic celebrity and cachet right and like get you to draw or get you to to concede and then you're hoping that i then after you like concede go what's your address i'll I'll send you a check yeah right which is like not supposed to happen but it does it does well they're not allowed to offer you the check before you concede correct so then you concede and then they can be like i'll hook you up yeah so like if you or I did it, mm-hmm. people wouldn't know us from like Adam, right? And they might be less likely to concede. Yeah, if you're uh, Tom Ross. Yeah. Then. Yeah, they're like, oh, I know. Yeah. He's gonna hook me up, or like, I'll drag him on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. And people will care. <laughs> and it's like I'll drag Wakefield on Twitter, and nobody will nobody care. Will care. <laughs> I'll and care, buddy. You'll care. You'll care that I like wronged someone and didn't send him their check. So like that part, I haven't liked. Just kind yeah. of the like. Hey, you know who I am, so like, wink, wink, you're pretty sure I'm going to hook you up. Yeah. I've only seen that go down once. I know it's gone down more, but it happened like right beside me at a GP once, and I was like, that's kind of icky. I've heard the conversation multiple times. I think every time I have heard the conversation, it's been declined. Oh, see, I heard the conversation, and it was accepted. Yeah. And like, called the judge over and like, made the judge watch the conversation. Yeah. And then I concede, and then it was like, okay, here, here's your hookup. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. Yeah. So like, not something you're gonna have to worry about at your F and M. Yeah. But like, it, at a larger event, like I wouldn't feel obligated to concede to anyone. I think I don't think I've Absolutely ever conceded not. to anyone. No, I haven't. I've either. taken a few draws mm-hmm. that have made people angry, or right. I'm just like, hey, you, you, you should have killed me. <laughs> like, my opponent like had a Tarmogoyf and like. Like have a hand that had a ley line and like no pressure against dredge, and I like yeah. cobbled stuff together, and then was like, "Are you gonna concede to me?" I'm like, "I had you, I had no." 
<laughs> you you kept a hand that was hate card and nothing. Right. Yeah, like you, you did this to yourself. Yeah. But like I have like taken many uh like intentional draw oh, yeah. to like go get food right before a top eight or just whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or like, you know, we know that it's pre release and we're just gonna like split, split the packs. The packs anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter as long as there are four of us, we each get nine packs. It doesn't right. matter if we got there at four oh or three oh one. Right. Usually that's for food also. Yeah. Yeah. Just all go eat before the next pre-release. Exactly. Like I can't do this. Okay. So I think that's kind of the end of most of the tournament stuff, right? Like the playing and paper stuff. We had one more thing. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. Oh yeah. This one. Yeah. Please make sure there's no other cards in your deck box other than what you registered for the tournament. Yeah. So maybe you're at a GP and you bought some cards, right? You can't just stuff those cards in your deck box. No. I always bring like an extra deck box to put too. cards I've bought because it's easier than carrying like a binder or something. Yeah. If I go to a GP, I usually bring two extra deck boxes. So I bring one box with a set of draft sleeves, a few extra of whatever sleeves I'm using for the event, and a few extra inner sleeves. And then like if I buy singles from vendors, I'll shove them in that little deck box. And then I'll bring a different deck box for, like, if I end up, you know, doing a draft or a sealed or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I always just, if you get deck checked, Mm -hmm. which is a thing that happens, I don't think we've talked about that, they will, like, come by at the start of your round or at the start of your second or third game, usually your second game. Yep. And they will say, we're doing a deck check, give us your deck. Mm -hmm. And they will walk away and they will compare your deck Mm -hmm. to... The deck deck sheet that you filled out. And if you have like extra cards that are legal in that format in your deck box, they will just give you a game loss. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that all the cards that you, that only the cards that you put on your deck registration sheet are in your deck. This is also something that you should do not just at big events though. Just all the time. All of the time. Because it's pretty bad taste if you're sitting down for FNM in your second round or whatever, and you know, you're going to pull your sideboard out and you pull out like a uh, ley line of the void just randomly, like out of your deck box, even if it's not in a sleeve. Like, that's kind of sketchy. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's not something that you want to be accused of because that's not something that like goes away. Yeah. So just be better safe than sorry. Make sure your deck only has, you know, tokens for your deck, your sideboard, and your deck. And if you've gotten, like, super fancy and you're like, I like foreign cards for whatever reason, don't, like, put, like, the English version of the foreign card in your deck. Yeah. We had someone years ago get a game loss in, like, the top eight of a... Remember GPTs? Uh, Simpler times. Because he had the English version of all of his foreign cards in his deck. And he was trying to be like... Nice. Nice. Yeah. But trying to be accommodating the rule, to the opponent. The rule is... Yeah. Four copies of a card. Four copies of a card in your deck box. Right. This goes... The, kind of one more thing to talk about is your deck box itself. What is considered a deck box? Because if you have a fat pack box with a deck box in it that you're using for the tournament... You can have whatever else in the fat pet box that you want. Okay. Because you have a deck box with your deck in it in there. Okay. If you do not have a deck box and you're just using the fat pack box for your deck box, 
you can't have any other cards in it because that box is your deck box. Okay. Okay. Um, this goes for like some of the aftermarket deck boxes also will have room for like two decks in them. Mm-hmm. That's a big no-no. Yeah, because you, you only have the one deck. You have one deck. There can be one deck in your deck box. So just something else to think about. Yeah. Like I, I have a lot of the like like ultra pro just like five dollar like mm-hmm. hard like semi hard plastic ones yep they hold like a deck double sleeved yeah i think m- the most common one that i use is the star city one with the velcro front yeah um I, they were on sale on star city games for like a dollar and a half like four years ago and i think i bought 12 of them yeah and that's just what i use yeah so just be mindful that you know you want to just make sure that your deck is always legal in the box. Right. Right. And if you get like, you know, call, if you get deck checked, it's not a big deal. It happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Usually like at a larger event, like a GP or an open, it happens at the higher tables. Yeah. Right. Nobody cares in the O four bracket. If, yeah, your if you, deck is legal. Yeah. Like, well, if you're cheating, you're doing it poorly. That is correct. You're hurting yourself, evidently. And usually in PTQs or, like, you know, events like that Mm -hmm. that have deck red sheets, they may deck check during the rounds. Yeah. uh, But they typically will just deck check the top eight. Right. They'll just be like, if you're making, if you think you're making top eight. Sort your deck. Sort your deck and give it to us. Yep. One more thing about no outside cards in your deck box is we are creeping up on pre-release. So if you're going to go to pre-release weekend and play in multiple pre-releases, please make sure that the cards from your previous pre-release are not out in the open available to you while you are building your next pre-release deck. I usually will like these, like especially if I'm not leaving in between, yeah. I will de-sleeve, yeah. stuff them in the box that they gave me and just like banish it to my bag. Usually, I actually go a step further. I usually put them in my car. Yeah. And just leave them outside. We've had issues in our store previously with people pooling together multiple pre-releases to build a deck out of. And that's not a conversation that anybody wants to have. Yeah. So just so, leave that stuff in your car and it'll be easier for everybody. Remember, be a decent human being. That's right. Treat treat everyone else like you want to be treated. Everything's fine. So... Uh, a little bit of arena check-in. We've had some mm-hmm. new people adding stuff to the data collection sheet. Yeah, sweet. Thank you very much. Yeah, we've been a little checked out with it. Um, yeah, I think you guys know how we stand on standard right now. Yeah. But uh, I made some updates that people asked for, mm-hmm. sent the list back out. Yep. And we are definitely not giving up. We will certainly be back to standard once Theros comes out. Yeah. We had 25 games logged, and it was kind of just like the the normal archetypes that we kind of have seen uh, with the most played, like defined archetype being blue, green flash. Yep. And then there was, is it flash? Mm-hmm. And then like just a couple like team of reclamations, couple uh, oddballs. Like, hmm? a couple oddball ones. Yeah. Team of reclamation, just guy fires, uh, green, black adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like a big chunk of off meta. And that might be because I didn't have, like, a specific column for, like, I had, like, red-black sacrifice, but I didn't have, like, a green-black, like, Jun sacrifice. Yeah. And I think the green-black and Jun lists are, I kind of group them together as, like, these are the Trail of Crumbs decks. Right. And, like, red-black is more getting you dead. 
Yeah, well, Red Black is the Priest of Forgotten God's deck. Yeah. Like, that's the difference. The Red Black deck runs Priest of Forgotten God, and the green ones run Trail of Chromes. Yeah, and I guess you also have a Claim the Firstborn in yeah. the Red Black decks. Yep. So that's kind of how I differentiated them. So I moved those in the in the list so they're a little easier to find. I tried to move the more popular decks in the metagame okay. forward a bit so there's not as much scrolling. Yep. Uh, so there is that. Then... Uh, there was like the great fake out of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Saw a tweet from uh, Wizard of the Coast. Yeah. They were like, play Black Lotus and like Moxes. Oh, so you felt the need to fake me out. <laughs> you knew it was a fake out and you posted up in chat, hey, they put Ancestral Recall on Arena. Like, I was looking for Ancestral Recall on Arena. <laughs> oh, so, so they send this out and I like immediately, I was with my. I just watched Jumanji with my wife. Yeah. And I saw this tweet and I was like, I have to get home and update Arena. Like, did they like put some version of the cube on Arena? I will give them all of my money. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. You guys probably wouldn't have got a podcast if that happened. I would just still be playing (laughs) cube. And so I was like, go home, fire it up. And it's like this like dual deck event. Yeah. Where it's Elspeth. Versus Ashiok. Versus Ashiok, because they had just spoiled Elspeth and Ashiok like a few days before, yeah. and like there was some game awards mm-hmm. thing that they did the the Theros trailer at. Yeah, right. So it was like okay, and they put power, mm-hmm. so cards from the Power Nine. Yep. In these decks, so yep. each deck had a Black Lotus. Mm-hmm. They had appropriate colors of Moxen. Yes. The white deck had a soul ring. Mm-hmm. It had swords to plowshare, which is not on arena. On arena, it's not. So if you're not so Moxen, if you're yeah. not super, so Black Lotus. Hopefully everyone knows that. Yep. Zero casting cost artifact. I think it's tap sack or just sack. Well, it it used to be a mono artifact. So it's just sack. Well, it's tap. Tap. Okay. Yeah. Tap sack. Tap sack. Get three mana. Yep. Lion's Eye Diamond doesn't tap. Lines of damage, just yeah. sack. That's yeah. weird. Um, but sack it, get three mana of any one color. Okay. So you can go like land Lotus and play a four drop on turn one. Right. That's real good. Yep. They had the Moxin, which are zero casting cost artifacts. That tap for a mana of the appropriate color. So Mox Pearl taps for white. Mox yep. Sapphire taps for blue. Jet so on and taps so for black. Yep. Yeah. Then Soul Ring, mm-hmm. which is one colorless. For an artifact that taps for two mana. Mm-hmm. Two colorless. Two colorless. That card is honorary power nine slash yes. is probably better than some of the power nine. Yeah, it is a EDH staple. It yes. is in every single EDH deck. Yes, it comes in every like EDH yep. uh, pre-con deck. It has been, yeah, like you said, reprinted in every single EDH deck, and it's still like a $6 card. It yeah. doesn't matter how many copies they print. And then Swords the Plowshare is one white mana, mm-hmm. exile a creature. Yep, gain life equal to its toughness. Its controller gains life equal to its power. Equal to its power. To its sword. Yep, oh, gotcha. I made that mistake. Logan's like, duh, swords to plowshares. <laughs> like, ah, I see what you did there. And that's the best removal spell that's ever been printed? Yes. Yep. Just purely creature removal spell. Yep. And then Ancestral Recall, which mm-hmm. is a blue for an instant. Target player draws three cards. You. You draw three cards. Hey, it says target player. It does. Because when they made the card, 
the idea was it was like the wording in the original one was like yeah. you draw three cards or force your opponent to draw three cards. Yeah. Oh, I guess I will. <laughs> it's a rough life. I'll take three more cards. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and they had Underground Sea, which mm-hmm. is the blue black like original dual land. Yep. And was there is there something they else? Have time walk too. I don't remember. I don't remember either. I don't remember seeing it, but I've also seen a lot of time walks cast on yeah. cube videos, so I don't <laughs> know for sure. So, but the the white deck had some swords in it too. Yeah, it had the sort of fire and ice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was the the good sword that yeah. it had. And it had like M nineteen sword. Uh, which is still pretty good. Uh, so I was all excited because I thought, oh, they have the cube. And yeah. then it was these two like pre-con decks. Yeah. It was a fine experience. It was interesting. Yeah. It was a little rough, like as power tends to do. Yeah. Whoever lands power first wins. A lot of times, yes. Like, yeah. uh, And like each each deck got a powerful one-mana spell. Yeah. One of them was swords and one was ancestral. Yeah. I felt real dumb with my swords in my hand and my opponent made themselves draw three cards. And I was like, that's what it was like. Why do I have a sword and they have an ancestral? This is awful. And you're like, they have ancestral? Like, <laughs> yes, yes, in this, in this pre-con deck. Everyone, at least initially, and I still don't know if I believe the numbers, tinfoil hat time, uh, was like the blue-black deck is way better than the white deck. Yeah, I don't know, man. I played the blue-black deck quite a few times and like just got stomped by the white deck. I won a lot with the white deck. I was playing the white deck mainly because the arena wouldn't pair mirrors. Yeah. It always had to be Elspeth versus Ashiok. Right. And Everybody was playing Ashiok. Yeah, everyone. So, yeah, I mean, I had rounds that took four or five minutes to pair. Yeah, I just played white and got paired instantly because yeah. I was all these people... The thing that I didn't like being on the white side is there were just the the white deck was a lot of like was was a limited deck. Yes, it was creature put moderate pants on creature, yeah. cross fingers and hope there was no removal spell. Mm-hmm. And the blue black deck was removal spells and bounce spells to punish you for putting pants on your guy. Right, and you're just like. Why? <laughs> Why would you do this? Why would you build this deck? Or like, which is vengeance? Which is a fine sweeperish thing. Sees no standard play. It's great when your opponent only has knights and humans. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, you have three knights and I have two humans. I'm gonna say knight, and I'm gonna <laughs> hard three for one. You, like, even the games that you won, a lot of times felt bad. Yeah. Because you were just like, I just got like three for one. Yeah, I didn't particularly enjoy this event. Yeah. Despite having power, and power is awesome to play with. Um, I really didn't love this event, though. Yeah, it was like, it's rough when your power is like Plains Black Lotus into a four mana, one four flyer that when you target it with a spell, your creatures (laughs) get plus one, plus oh. Yeah. Like, that's not what I want to be doing with my power. But at the same time, though, that could just, like, win you the game. Like, mm-hmm. if you went, like, you know, Plains, Mox Diamond, Mox Black Pearl. Uh, Mox Pearl, sorry. Yeah. Mox Pearl, Black Lotus, and you play Cavalier of Thorns, or Cavalier of Dawn. Dawn, right? Now you have a 4-6 four, uh, Vigilance on turn one. Yeah. If they don't draw a removal spell, like, right now, 
you won. It's it's over. Yeah. I mean, I had a bunch of games from the Ashiok side where my opponent went like Plains, Mox Pearl, the two drop, two two flyer. Yeah. And then the next turn, like, played a Sword of Fire and Ice and then equipped it and I lost. Yeah. Like, there's just no coming back from that. <laughs> Especially when you're, you know, playing blue. You can't bounce it. Yeah, like you have to, like, Doomblade it. Yeah. Which we had Doomblade. Right. Right. I was on the, like, I had multiple times where my opponent was down to, like, one card, and I had, like, three stupid auras stuck in my hand. I'd finally mm-hmm. get, like, a creature. Like, all right, play my creature. Put, like, put the counter from an idyllic grove on it. Put on Sarah's wings on it. And then have it get doom bladed, <laughs> and I'm just like I had to go all in on this creature to yeah. get these garbage cards out of my hand, and now I got doom bladed. <laughs> I think it was an interesting idea. Yeah, it could definitely be improved upon. I think that I think like, you need more than two decks. I think you need at the bare minimum three decks. Yeah, I, I guess the problem is is like with with them not wanting to pair mirrors. Well, that's why you need three decks. In case one just feels awful. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because then you, you always have two to pair from. Yeah. I was going to say, then you, you run the risk of, like, I guess they just have to let any of the any of them pair. Yeah. Because like if, if not, like, then you just run the risk of, like, everyone says the red-green deck's really good, and then everyone's playing that, or you'd, like, div- yeah. dilute your field down too far, but if they can all pair. Yeah. Then more decks, like, I understand that they're, like, pre-constructed decks. Mm-hmm. But like some of the, some of the card choices didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Like, why do I want Rome Cloak Giant in my white weenie token go wide deck? Yeah. The last thing I want to do is cast Sweet. Wrath. Yeah. Against a basically control deck. Yeah. Like that's like the that, last thing I want to do. It made no sense, and I don't want to pay seven mana for a seven seven. Right. To just get it countered. Right. Or doom bladed. Yeah. Just like oh, this was a waste of my time. Yeah. So there are a few card choices that was just like, I don't know why these are here. Mm-hmm. I agree. The thing that like, you know, warms my little heart is we now have power on arena. We have power on arena, but like it, they are testing cards mm-hmm. and interactions in low stakes events. Right. Like we had uh gristle brand and Boba Rigmos and Inqua Leviathan and Momir. Yeah, and now we've got the power stuck in here. Yep, and it shows that these cards work on arena. Right. So then that means that we can, in theory, use them somewhere. Get to a cube. Yeah. Or you know they could do like you said that they might not be able to get the bots to draft cube, right? But yeah. if you like put ten cube archetype decks up and right. you got to pick them and play. You probably play a whole lot of storm mirrors, but yeah, <laughs> that's good clean living. But like, just like the, those cards are on there and they work, and hopefully they can be used in like a more fun, interesting way than like mm-hmm. making three white mana so I can cast a one four <laughs> would be would be cool. Mm-hmm. No, I am down. I also had, I think, I think I had my first like arena bug. Yeah, like gameplay mistake. My opponent uh, control magic my. 2-2 two, two flyer that I had put pants on. Okay. Because this is my life. And so I played Cavalier of Dawn. Okay. And you can destroy a non-land permanent. Mm-hmm. So I blew up the control magic. Okay. And when I got my creature back, 
his other pants fell off too. Yeah, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, I know. I was like, what? I like reread Cavalier of, of yeah, that's Dawn. Weird. Yeah, so I had like a a three four vigilance guy because mm-hmm. I had like a history of Benalia or whatever mm-hmm. token, and they control magic it. And I was like, blow up control magic, and I got it back, and he was just a two two. The other thing hmm. went in my graveyard, and I was like, that's weird. I know I clicked on the right thing because yeah. he's back now. Right. <laughs> so I don't know what happened, and I was hmm. like, I could have really used him being a three four. Yeah, that's weird. I probably should have like submitted some sort of thing, like probably. But I was just, I was super, con- I kept rereading yeah. the card. I was like, what the hell? Well, I mean, like you said, it's a pretty low stakes event too, so. Yeah, so if something gets messed up like that, like, it's yeah. not the end of the world. It's not like I lost rank or. Yeah. No, I'm not going to, like, qualify for MCW weekend <laughs> because my Elspeth got a, something happened to my Elspeth. Your pants fell off. My pants fell off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a so, pants off dance off. Yeah, and the pants were off. So, yeah, I think that's. Pretty much everything. Like we said, there's going to be the Dominaria thing. Yeah, that seems cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're pretty much done. Yeah, I can't think of anything else to cover. We should have said at the beginning, but next week, hopefully, we have our, like, kind of year-end slash, like, question and answer thing. Yeah, so far we have one, two questions for our show. So we could use some more Questions questions for our show. So please... If not, it'll just be like 2019, a year of bustedness. <laughs> Maybe we can uh, like open some booster packs on the mics. There we go. <laughs> if there's no no questions to answer, we'll just open random boosties and just be like, "Here you go." It's like every we just open like packs and go like, "Okay, how many cars in this pack have been banned?" <laughs> oh, all of them. Okay, oh, good. Moving on. Um, so send your questions to uh, at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yep, Casual Tryhard MTG on Facebook, or you can email them to us at Casual Tryhard MTG, or I'm sorry, show at Casual Tryhard MTG.com. Yeah, friends link. Friends mm-hmm. uh, will get a Facebook thread started, and I'll get a, a thread on Twitter going. Yep, I will. Uh, I'll do the Facebook one, and I will start it with my tag. Oh. So it's out there in the world. Oh, man. Make friends with me. And then... Uh, I'm a likable guy. Yeah. Sometimes. It's not like they can actually <laughs> interact with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like they can be your friend, but they can't, like, say hi. Tell you what. Do I have to unmute, uh, unmute emotes? I was just going to say, if I play people, like, off of my friends list, I will turn my emotes on. Wow. Wow. That is an honor. <laughs> that is an honor. If you're going to buy cards, you get like some Christmas money burning a hole in your pocket. pocket nope. TCG.CasualTryHardMTG.com. Yep. That'll uh, help us out a little bit. Yep. And so, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. Yep, that should be it. We'll uh, catch you at FNM. I hopefully will. Yep. Don't forget. <laughs> I'll try not to. 